0: at the life of Joseph, who goes essentially from a little boy in his family to prison pits, to uh, accused of crimes he didn't do, to becoming prime minister in the greatest nation of the world at that time, straight out of prison. I had a vision yesterday. I mean, I don't say that often, I'm not that guy. I was driving down Warwick Road in Bloberg with my two sons and there was a vision before me. As I got closer, it was a specimen. Then I realized it had a life-changers cap on. It was Gabriel Phillips going for a run. (laughs) It's something I never thought I'd see. To me, that's a vision. It's like, what is this, Lord, that is happening? The supernatural sign and wonder of Gabriel Phillips going for a run. So um, Fee said he's getting chubby, he must run, which is good, I agree. And um, it is such a privilege. We are in our series as we look at the book of Genesis, because there is no book of Joseph. I don't know if you noticed by now. In the fifth week of the series, you're looking for the book of Joseph. You won't find it. But um, we're looking at this incredible character who seems to have these massive lows, highs, but there's the grace of God. And, and we're preaching this story from Genesis in the light of a couple of big ideas. And we've called it something specific. That actually we realize no one else has preached it with that emphasis in the light of the promotable life. Because as we look at it, the first big idea is though promotion overlaps blessing, the the hashtag blessed life, the Ephesians 1, all those, we've received every spiritual blessing. No, we have received every spiritual blessing, but it seems like some walk into the promotion more. It seems like there's promotion available in God's sovereignty and His providence that Joseph tends to walk into no matter how low the circumstances he finds himself, he always encounters God's promotion in his life. Why? Because first and foremost, promotion's from God, always, but it's also for God. And I want to tell you, when you take on the role, the, the incredible highest honor of being a son and daughter of the living God, the promotion of your life is not for your glory. It's for His, every time. So we can self-promote and get the glory, but that will have an earthly ceiling. Or you can live for the glory of God and have a heavenly ceiling. And we're saying, this is not about the church. This is some kind of prosperity message. No, I believe the church should prosper. But ultimately, we live for the glory of God. And lastly, we're looking at, at massive subjects of sovereignty and His providence, which is more than just His ability to provide. It's the fact that God is always working. We can be in prisons and we can be in pits, but the God of heaven is working. So I'm excited. I'm going to jump into a scripture that you actually looked at last week as Scott preached so well, and I want to repeat just a few of those and take it a bit forward as we read from Genesis 40. I won't read the whole thing just for the sake of time, and we'll move forward. It starts like this. Sometime later, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, in the same prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, and he attended to them. After they had been in custody for some time, each of the two men, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were being held in prison, had a dream that same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. I want to jump into just four key points, and we're going to read the scriptures as we go. Is that all right? Are you ready? Who's enjoying Joseph? Please, please, please be reading the Bible. Like I don't know. I've said it every week, and someone said, you keep begging us to read the Bible. And I know I shouldn't have to beg the church, but I'm asking you, please read the Bible. God wants to reveal things to you. And, 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 and um, people come to me often and say, well, how do you see that in the Bible? I just said, well, I read it. Because <laughs> it's there. And God shows us. So first this, I want to challenge us as we're on this journey, and I'm, I trust you taking this journey for yourself. Number one, in the challenge of Joseph to our lives today as we live in our lives and in our stories and in our own prisons, is our decisions in the delay. I'm not a fan of delays. I'm not a fan. Uh, 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 there have been many delays in our story. Um, there were delays in dreams. There were delays in falling pregnant. There were delays in my wife's healing. There have just been delays, and I'm not a fan. So the challenge of delays is they can often challenge some of your beliefs, some of your priorities, how you make those decisions. The challenge of Joseph's promotion's journey is, actually, are you good in delay? Because it says this, sometime later, the cupbearer and the baker of the king offended their master. So we've got to go understand that time. Now, we don't know exactly for sure, but we know this. Joseph was 17, sold into slavery, Potiphar's of his house. And then we know that he was 30, went and began serving Pharaoh later. And you know that two years before that, his transaction, his dream um, interpretation with the chief cupbearer happened. So the reality is Joseph spent, by this time, anywhere between 8 to 10 years in prison already. The Bible doesn't... But we often move past that sometime later. Who enjoys a good sometime later in your life? You've had dreams. You know, I'm okay with sometime later. No one. We are the most impatient generation that has ever lived. We freak out if our burger doesn't come around when we get around the little house. But I ordered on the other side. I gave you the whole time for me to drive around the little house. How is it not ready? That's the world we live in. And and the challenges, Joseph spent his twenties in jail. In jail. Maybe these last years and corona have meant it's felt like some prisons. Maybe there's been challenges of well, I wanted love and I wanted to find someone, and financial security and career has been affected, and earning potential has been affected. So challenges we make interesting decisions when timing doesn't work out our way. And there there are many examples as we navigate that the decisions that we make in delay are often impaired decisions, not our best. The testimony of Joseph is this. It says later in verse 3, And put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the same prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, and he attended to them. Understand this. These weren't prison sentences of today. You will get 17 years for good behavior. You can get 12, during which you can study a degree. You can uh, call your family. You can have visiting. This is not that kind of prison. This is normally open roofs facing the elements. Someone sent you there, but no one knows when you're going home. That day you walked in through the doors. You're like, hmm, this could happen. This could be a long ride. And so Joseph's there. He's going, I don't know how I'm getting out of here. I'm not sure is going to come running. But he puts his head down in such a way, in such a manner, and the evidence of his life is a promotion within the prison that he's in. He sets his attitude, fixes it on God. He says, actually, even though I've lost my fancy coat, I haven't lost my character, and I haven't lost my trust in God. I'm going to serve. He becomes someone dependable, someone who people coming to the prison can be assigned to See, Joseph might have been stripped of his coat. He might have been stripped of his cushy job at pots of his house. He might have been stripped of everything in life, but his godly call upon his life didn't leave. See, the challenge of Joseph's life to us today is maybe you're in a prison, and maybe that prison delay is far longer than you thought, imagined, or someone actually even spoke or prophesied. How you live in that place determines the glory that God can get from your story. Because the story is not done. Point number two This is this. An earthly sentence cannot derail a heavenly assignment. Sorry, I thought that was good. You're going to have to get more excited. This is Sunday morning. I, 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 I don't know. I read this. And let's read from verse 4. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph and he attended to them. After they'd been in custody for some time, each of the two men, the cupbearer and the baker, the king of Egypt, who were being held in prison, had a dream that same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. When Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in the master's house, why do you look so sad today? See, Joseph had a heavenly assignment. Your earthly sentence which might be many things. It could be a delay. It could be a demotion. It could be single in a season. It could be divorced. It could be a number of different things. That's just a earthly sentence, but it cannot affect the heavenly assignment on your life. It says they get assigned to Joseph. He had an assignment. you know what his assignment was? People. And God was always working, preparing a man who one day would have an assignment to fight a nation of people. And God said, I'm going to prepare that president, that prime minister, in a prison to steward and look after people. And in the midst of his own brokenness, in the midst of his own prison sentence, he he finds the courage to ask this question, or maybe just the insight, why are you so sad today? Just think about that for a second. They're in prison. They used to have fancy jobs at the king's palace. Like, like the one guy's job was just to drink wine. No wonder he had a good exotic dream. Uh, that was his job. He drank wine for the king, the finest wine of the land. And, and Joseph, knowing that even though he should be sad in his natural circumstances, have a heavenly assignment that doesn't leave him because of an earthly sentence, even though it was corrupt and incorrect, on the other side of that, there's a heavenly assignment that looks like people. So people are in front of him, not opportunities to get out, people. People. Just People. He says, why are you so sad today? And they tell him. See, our attitudes and our toughest moments, I'm telling you, determine how God can come into our story, breathe his life, and get his glory. I'm telling you. And I know that there's different thinking and teaching, but your salvation, a thousand percent in Jesus, you can do nothing about it. Yes, I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about the things God wants to do in your life and your attitudes and decisions matter. I was 19 years old. My parents got liquidated. Maybe you don't know the story. I had absolutely nothing. So I thought, what are you going to do? I'll go play cricket because that's what I was good at. So I went to play cricket. Met a guy. He says, listen, I've got a coaching academy. Will you coach me? I coached for him for three weeks. Three weeks later, he says, I'm going off to England to go and sell my coaching equipment to England ECB. Can you look after my academy for four months? I thought, it sounds like a buck. Let's do this. But you know what I realized? This was an opportunity. I put my head down. I worked hard. I managed his finances. I didn't steal a cent. All cash business. He came back. He said, my business had been taken at 19 years old. He handed me his business. Ended up having 15 of my mates working for me. They were just working for drinking money. I was working for university money. Because favor goes before you in ways that you cannot imagine. But I'm telling you, there's still a responsibility on us to manage our attitudes still a responsibility to us to keep trusting God, still a responsibility to represent Him well and to understand there's always a heavenly assignment, regardless of your earthly sentence right now. He says, why do you look so sad? I want to tell you, as we move quite fast today, your earthly assignment has to always submit. Your earthly sentence has to always submit to your heavenly assignment. If you don't know what that is, that heavenly assignment, I want to tell you, Matthew 28 says, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father. Teach them. Show them. Love them. Lead them. And God says, surely I will be with you always when? When we're on his heavenly assignment. We navigate these things. I want to tell you, we preach these things. Your earthly sentence might be CEO. Oh, that's my sentence. Such a burden. Might be teacher. Might be cleaner. Doctor. I want to tell you. The question that you've got to answer is, what's your heavenly assignment? It'll sustain, it'll hold. Thirdly, I want to jump into verse chapter 8 and present that actually the gifts, the spiritual gifts that God gives us are for the gutter. I don't know where you come from or your church background or my church background. the The gifts were often brought for church services. That's where the gifts worked. That's where the gifts operated, and, and that's where the gifts need to be released. And yet I look at this, and spiritual gifts to me are actually for the gutters of people's lives. Says this, we both had dreams, they answered, but there is no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. I love it. They they face the facts, they're in prison. They're not going to get any heavenly answers in prison. He said, But there's no one to interpret our dreams here. Joseph's actually don't. Don't interpretations come from God? A little bit of a more grown-up Joseph than the guy with his dream coat and his dreams. A little bit of a more mature Joseph in his humble response. A little bit of a a Joseph who understands that outside of God, there is no dream interpretation. Outside of God, and one day he'll stand before Pharaoh and Sarah says, Can you interpret my dreams? He goes, I can't. But the God of heaven can. I can't. I'm telling you, it's the most powerful statement a believer can make. I can't. But tell me, Jesus, because the God of heaven can. And I just happen to be his son, his daughter, his child. See, if you have become excellent, and Joseph had become excellent in God's hand, he'd he'd become someone God could pour out because there was an obvious gifting upon his life, a spiritual gifting. See, and there's spiritual giftings on your life. And if you think that's just for the church, well, mine doesn't look like prophesying a church. Mine doesn't look like singing. Mine doesn't look like a gift of wisdom. It says this in Romans 12, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I want to tell you, these grace gifts weren't designed to only be functioned in comfortable environments where the key of E minor or is playing and someone's singing harmoniously in the background. No, they're in a prison again. Let's just understand where this is going down. There's no way out. He's not an influencer that can get them out. He's just a son of God with a heavenly assignment and a grace gift on his life saying, actually, God can. And I'm telling you, when we start to see that stuff, we start operating in places and spaces we didn't realize that God wants to use us. Understand this. Joseph is not wearing a fancy coat. He's not wearing the, the privileged attire of working in pots of his house. He's just wearing prisoner's clothes, just like his mates. And in real terms, everyone going, but Joseph, you're just like us. You're stuck here. Yeah? You've been here for eight years, longer than us. And we should listen to your interpretation. Joseph, confidence in who God was, in the gutters of a prison, realized that gifts don't have to operate only in pulpits and in church meetings and in the gutters of people's lives. A friend of mine came to church this morning at Table View, I was there, and um, his second time at church, and, and people started walking into the church, and I just started telling him the stories of people's lives. I said, that lady used to be a prostitute, and now She's married. And they lead us in the life of our church. And that man used to be an addict. Uh, by the way, he's also a leader in the life of our church now. And that family, were totally broken up. And let me tell you about another family that were broken up that today celebrate their one-year anniversary, Lionel and Kath McGraw. God's not limited. God, this is when all your mates are like, flip, I should message Lionel and Kath. Yeah. But I'm going, God's grace gifts are for the gutters. And when we get that, we start living in the power of the living God. Come on. And lastly, as I I realize I'm going fast this morning, that's why I'm saying, go read the Bible. It's all there. A heavenly assignment demands a truthful response. And I want to push this one home today. I, I think this is the magic of this part of the story. I think this is the maturity that has come in Joseph's life in eight years of dealing and living with liars. And and people who had lied their way ended up in prison. People had manipulated, ended up in prison. He spent that environment. He says, actually, it's not my father's way. says this, so the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream. He said to him, in my dream, I saw a vine in front of me. And on the vine, there were three branches. As soon as it budded, it blossomed, and it clusters ripened. Remember, this is a guy who drank wine for his living, eh? So if I was Joseph, I'd be like, gosh, some of that's still in the system. Pharaoh's cup was in his hand, and I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and put the cup in his hand. This is what it means, Joseph says to him. The three branches are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position. And you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand, just as you used to do when you were his cupbearer. But when all goes well with you, and this is Joseph's little punt, little revealing his own Uh, uh, humanity. Remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. When the chief baker saw that Joseph had given a favorable interpretation, everyone wants a favorable interpretation. He said to Joseph, I too had a dream on my head were three baskets of bread. In the basket were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. I mean, this one already sounds, it's not as nice. I'm not a dream interpreter, but this one doesn't sound like my favorite. It says, within three days, and, and in the top of the basket were all kinds of baked goods. This is what it means, Joseph said. The three baskets are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift off your head and impale your body on a pole, and the birds will eat away your flesh. Now the third day was Pharaoh's birthday, and he gave a feast for all his officials. He lifted up the heads of the chief cupbearer and the chief baker in the presence of the officials. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position, so that once again he put the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he impaled the chief baker, just as Joseph had said to them in his interpretation. I hear so much about the culture of honor in much of the church. And I think much of it is beautiful. But I honestly do not believe you can have a culture of honor without a culture of honesty preceding it. When I look at Joseph's response to this situation, it challenges me. The one guy comes, brings his dream. Joseph goes, whoa, this is going to be epic. He just delivers a godly interpretation. Just his gift. It's not him. He's not going to do it. not God's gift on his life. And so the chief baker standing back going, mm, I want some of that. How do I get me some of that? Like many people coming to church, to be honest. I want some of that. Prophesied over that person, spoken over that person. That, that, that little bit of, of extra juice that might get me through the day. He says, actually, I want some of that, Joseph. And Joseph just goes, Wow, this is what God says. Now I realize prophecy is a little different and we get some mandates in the New Testament and I realize all that stuff, but I think the big emphasis here is a culture of honor is not possible and truth unless we have a radical commitment to honesty. Church, you wanna walk into everything God's got for you. Become an honest person. I know that's, who are you talking to Mark? Now I'm being serious. Are you honest in your marriage? Radically Honest. Are you honest with the people you work with? Are you honest with your friends to a point that sometimes it hurts? Do you have a revelation of the power of being an honest truth bringer in humility? Joseph, just an honest truth bringer. It happened three days later. Now most prophecies we don't get the evidence of the accuracy of the prophecy three days later in the form of heads impaled. And, but I want to challenge us from this story and this man's life of God's radical promotion in his life. He's a radically honest man. I worked in a corporate culture where we did reviews. You know what the culture was within that culture? The best way to get rid of an incompetent employee was to give them a great review so they would get promoted to another department. I'm telling you, Because the alternative was doing a performance management process, which is hard, which is months of detailing and nitpicking and investment into someone's life. It's just easier to get them out of your way. But I just have a burning and I went into a process of performance management. And you know what? You're getting phone calls from the family. You're getting all sorts of things. Six years later, I met that young lady who was absolutely dying in the role that she'd made her way into somehow. She thanked me. And I just realized, God, I've gotta be an honest individual. I've gotta be honest with my friends, as hard as it is sometimes. And I've gotta receive honesty just in the same way. I've gotta be honest with my wife. This is my lover, this is my friend. This is a person who's far more gentle than I am. And I realize sometimes my honesty comes down like a thousand bricks because I don't always have the eloquence of Shakespeare and the gentleness, I just don't. But I'm committed to being radically honest. I'm telling you, and it hurts sometimes. And I know it hurts. But I go to bed at night knowing there's nothing in me, nothing. And I look at this guy, Joseph, in his life, saying, God, I want what you have for my story, which means the gifts in my life. They're not for my glory. After his first whole dream situation and his brothers chucked him in a pit and then he got sold to slavery, I would have gone, I'm walking away from this dream thing. That's not for me. Someone else can do that. And then he's in prison. And he's saying, Do I really have to tell this guy his body is going to be impaled? Seriously, let's just put ourselves there right now. It's a radical commitment to truth that's not always popular. Let me give you an example. If we can take the spiritual gifting part of it, just a radical truth. Young couples coming to church in a world where cohabitation and sex before marriage is the norm and celebrated. What do we do, pastor? Our relationship's not good. The tempting answer, come to church. Just, 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 I know your situation is not perfect, but God loves you. Try speaking it out. Go to the scriptures, read the scriptures together. The, the 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 expected answer god loves you times are tough economically it makes sense to live together and it does but the most honest answer run you are stealing from your future run The Bible says, not a hint of sexual immorality. Run, because on the other side of your run, there is a God of grace and abundance who will see your faith, your courage, and your ability. Run, because you're running into the arms of the Almighty. Run, not because of cowardice, because of courage. Run into the arms of the almighty who perfected love so he can pour it out. Trust him. Run. Oh, but what if they don't come back next week? It's not my church. It's not my truth. I don't always like the truth, to be brutally honest. Standing next to a rugby field, watching my kid play rugby, and a guy walks over to me. He says, you're a pastor, hey? Yeah. Trying to make friends. I'm in a new environment. Okay. Talk to me about homosexuality. "Uh, I'm trying to watch my kid play rugby. He's half the size of everyone else, and I'm just making sure he's okay, to be honest. And then we start to talk. You've got to make a decision now. You're going to trust the truth and speak it in love and believe that on the other side of that is a people encountering a gracious God. Regardless of what they think of me. Regardless. See, as I look at Joseph's life, he goes from a pit sold by his brothers into slavery, back into prison for years of his life, and then the guy forgets him there, doesn't tell Pharaoh about anything, and only later, years later, he goes straight from prison, wearing prison clothes to prime minister of a nation. That's supernatural promotion. That's supernatural glory to the living God, where everyone else go, who's this guy? He hasn't been at the courts, he's been in prison. You know what the word has been? The living God has been with him. The living God has been upon him. He's trusted the living God. He's a man of honesty and integrity. Think about the scenario, Pharaoh comes to him and says, can you interpret my dream? He just says, no, I can't. This is his one big shot to get out of prison. No, sorry, I can't. But the God of heaven. Can we stand together this morning, everyone? Okay. I am, and I know I speak on behalf of Gabe and the other men and women. Have the privilege of preaching in these pulpits. We love you, and we love the city. Some of what we preach and some of what we speak is not popular. Actually, most of it. But at 14 years old, I encountered the living God in a circus tent in the middle of Graver Racecourse in Durban. He touched me. He changed me. I don't know else to tell you. And I can either live in denial of that encounter of the living God, or I can take his truth, his love, his grace, his mission, his gifts, and I can live that life. It's decision time. Many people preach the book of Genesis and the story of Joseph just in the light of the sovereignty of God. God will do what he wants. Joseph just ended up not when I read the story, he made a bunch of decisions. And most of his decisions were in response to challenging situations. Mark, what does it look like to endure in 2022 as a 20 year old? I don't know. And I don't have the answers, but there's a living God who is greater than the cultures and the kings of this earth. And if you will trust him, he holds your future in his hands and he is able. And he is good and he is kind. My mate Matt is visiting church today. I've watched his life for many years now. Just served. Just given. Courageously. Served other stories. And then I hear today of success and he didn't tell me, his wife did. Big mergers and God's grace. And I'm not surprised. Honestly. Not because he's such a good guy. And he is. But because I've seen the decisions from a distance, I've heard about them in the testimony of this man from people inside the church and people outside the church. I've heard the, the rumors of generosity, the rumors of kindness. When every church know nothing what to do during lockdown, he poured himself out with his family, with his friends, poured himself out to serve a community who would probably never give anything back. Why are we preaching the promotable life? Because God is jealous for His glory from your life. Decisions to get baptized in Jesus, God is jealous for His glory from your life. Don't discount the season. Don't discount the prison sentence. Don't discount the earthly sentence today. Trust Him for a heavenly assignment and live at large. Can we raise our hands to the Almighty this morning? We stand before you this morning, God. Even as I feel I've rushed through so much, I pray there would be a, an arresting by your spirit this morning, Lord. Come arrest my heart again. I need courage to stay truthful, if I'm being honest. I need the strength of the Almighty to remain faithful in seasons of delay and trial. I declare today in front of my friends and the city, I cannot do it. I cannot do it. But the God of heaven, the mighty, glorious, victorious, magnificent, spectacular Father, a perfect Savior, Jesus, and the power and the might of the Spirit of God at work in our lives. Oh, they, my God can do it. My God will do it. Would you get all the glory, Lord? Would you arrest us today in the areas of making the big calls, speaking truth in moments, making sure that our gifts aren't for personal preference or Or advancement but for the kingdom of God that whether in the gutters of our city or in the highest points you would get all the glory from the parents dedicating the little ones today to every person here today God would you get all the glory King would you arrest us by the story of Joseph that we might see Jesus the opposite of self promotion who laid himself down so that we could be lifted up. We took on the labels of broken, beaten, poured out so that we could be taken on the labels of sons and daughters of the living God wearing robes of righteousness we don't deserve. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Father. We love you, Holy Spirit, in this place. Thank you so much for joining us. If you would like to take your next step or find out what is happening in the life of the church, head over to our website or follow us on social media. Cheers.